Hey, glad you can make it. And welcome to the Employee Cycle Podcast, where we talk to HR innovators, thought leaders, and even some disruptors about the latest in HR trends, HR tech, and you guessed it, HR data. Well, you've heard enough of me talking. Now let's start the show, 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 show. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Employee Cycle Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Marable, CEO of Employee Cycle, and you know us. We're that HR dashboard that's helping you automate your HR reporting and analytics process. Let me ask a question out there. When's the last time you ever said you look forward to the reporting process? Said no HR leader ever. That's right. We know you typically spend way too much time trying to grab all these spreadsheets from all these different HR systems to try to make sense of your workforce data. But you're always scratching your head thinking, why does this need to be so painful? Well, it doesn't anymore because Employee Cycle has our HR dashboard with pre-built connectors to all the most popular HR systems you're using out there. So we can automatically pull all your data together to view, share, track, and analyze from one unified view. Please go to Employee Cycle. Check us out. We'd love to get a demo and understand how we can help you automate your HR reporting and analytics process. But that's enough about me and Employee Cycle, because today we have a great guest. So please help me welcome to the show, Jennifer Judge. She's a realtor at Keller Williams in Austin, Texas, and former HR leader in the high tech and gaming industry. And today we're discussing why real estate is playing a big role during remote work. Jennifer, welcome to the podcast. Bruce, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. So Jennifer, even though you've left the amazing world of the HR industry, the way we always like to kick this thing off is to ask, how did you initially end up in the wonderful world of HR? Oh, well, that's a great question. So I started back um, in Seattle doing recruiting. And that was kind of haphazard and, and fell into it quite a while ago. But it came down to building relationships with people and then matching them up to a skill set. And eventually with that, I was exposed to small startups and there was a need for something to be done called benefits. And I started doing both and parlayed it over the years into becoming an HR director. And it's it's great. It's all about the people. Awesome. And then how did you make the transition from an HR leader to a realtor? Another great question. So again, it, it kind of picks up very naturally. Uh, it's all about the people. Uh, real estate certainly is about buying homes uh, and property. And I've been an investor on my own outside of real estate and absolutely am fascinated with the market. And it's a great way to build wealth. And I had been in HR for a long, long time, but just felt something inside of me that just really pulled me to move over to real estate and continue to help people. And now, um, instead of jobs, I'm helping them find their home and build wealth. Awesome. So I want to give a quick timestamp of the recording, which is April 8th, because the world is moving so fast. And when people talk about the market, the market moves so fast that it's always important to know at what point in time are we talking about. So when it comes to the market, in general. You know, my wife is a realtor and it's funny because wherever we go, people always like to ask the very broad question. So, Sharice, how's the market? Which I always think is such a funny question. Correct. Um, because I'm always wondering, do people really care or, or they're just asking it because they have nothing to say and they've already asked, what, how is the weather? But I'm going to ask that same question, but specifically around 
what's going on and how is it affecting remote work? And I know that's a broad question, but we'll go into more details pretty soon. Absolutely. Um, actually, it's one of my favorite topics. So uh, people ask the same thing. And, and right now, my response will be that the market is unique. But it, it really is affecting remote work. And remote work is affecting real estate. And, and, and there's this connection between them. And that's really where I found my niche in real estate. So, you know, COVID a year ago hitting uh, everywhere really had everybody go from the office to working remotely. And for businesses, for some, it was very jarring. Maybe that industry had never even considered or accepted that people could work from home. And then suddenly business leaders didn't have a choice. It was what was going to happen. And fortunately, many businesses pivoted and did it much more easily than they thought. And people began to work from home. And I think, you know, many folks didn't think this was going to last very long. But, you know, three months into it, it looked like the new norm. So many people started thinking, well, if I can work from home, why does it matter if I'm in Austin, Texas or Seattle, Washington or Bozeman, Montana? And we started to see across the country this migration of people moving to where they wanted to. And in this strange way, we're creating a work-life balance of wanting a life by design to live where they wanted to. And that has really been interesting for businesses because on a business side, you know, you're changing things like payroll and you're looking at, well, if I'm paying the person the same if they lived in Arizona, if they lived in New York City, and, and what does that look like? And here we are a year now, and some companies in the last five months have said, you know, you, our employees never have to come back as long as they want to work remote. But I think now also in the last three months, employees are starting to think, do I want to come back or I really want to come back to the office? And many business leaders are really trying to figure out, is there a somewhere in between where we can have some people working remotely and others not? And that's yet to be determined. But businesses are also thinking, should I be asking my employees to come back when it's ready? And how does that affect the business? Because real estate in most places across the U.S. has really taken off in a way that no one, no one fathomed. And that is a business decision that many companies are starting to look at very seriously. Thanks for that context. And there are a couple of things that you mentioned that I want to dig into. The first thing is around cost of living standards. I'm assuming that when I believe the government typically creates the most comprehensive cost of living data set, one of the ways that they create it is by looking at the real estate variable and how much it costs to actually live, because that's typically the biggest expense that anyone is ever going to have. And so when it comes to people moving to different markets, whether it's a cheaper market or, or it's a more expensive market, how should HR leaders and companies be thinking about the cost of living in the place where the employee is moving to in relation to what they're already getting paid and how that potentially should be adjusted? Yeah, that's that's a big, big question. And it really depends on the industry. I was just reading a report um, today about the different sectors and the different, you know, cost of living and how it's affecting. And for instance, if you take a group like engineers, 
um, some cities are stepping up to the plate and are able to to pay accordingly, where the service industry is definitely feeling the brunt of uh, not seeing giant pay, pay increases. And we see this in the news, and I don't have answers for that. But from a business point of view, um, and, may, and maybe I could caveat that by saying, uh, if it's okay, let, let's focus a little bit on high tech and gaming, because that's the industries that I know, and I don't want to speak to what I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Perfect. So um, that is a big question. I can say as far as people coming into Austin, you know, Austin used to be this city that was not was not known as a, as a high cost of living place. And quickly it is becoming, uh, some have dubbed it, you know, the new Silicon Hills of the South. And uh, prices are, are going up rapidly in the housing market. So leaders here are thinking, Am I raising our salaries? And if they come from San Francisco, is can we match San Francisco? And what does it cost to live here? In some cases, it's happened so quickly that I think leaders may or may not have truly wrapped their head around the difference in cost of living. Now, it can go the other direction, too, if folks are, uh, you know, maybe left San Francisco and, and they went to Pittsburgh. Right. So in the cost of living's left. And this has been a discussion that I've seen online where uh, some are continuing to pay the rate that the employee came from. And it's much higher. And all of a sudden there's this inequality with the employee base because people that started, say, in Pittsburgh are not going to get as paid as much as the folks that's transferring out of San Francisco. Uh there isn't a norm yet. This is something that many HR leaders are trying to figure out because sometimes top talent may not want that pay that pay difference. And, and even though strong recruiting teams are showing the data of the lesser cost of living, it's still an ongoing, I guess, issue in the talent war. Interesting. You mentioned Austin becoming one of the hottest markets across the country. And I've actually never been to Austin, but could you explain the makeup of Austin in regards to a city versus a suburb? And the reason why I ask that, because here in Philly, where I'm based, it's an interesting place and market where I'm saying Sharice, my wife, work with clients where there are just as many people who want to move in the city mm-hmm. as there are people who want to move out of the city to go to the burbs since they're going to be working from home and they want a lot of space, which is then creating this market where you think, Oh, I'm going to go to the city because everybody wants to move to the burbs. Whereas no, it's still hot there, but then, Oh, I'm going to go to the burbs because a lot of people are looking to move back into the city and it's dope. No homes there. Very low inventory. No one wants to move where they have a yard for their kids. (laughs) So I'm curious, what does that look like in Austin and how are you seeing that affecting whether or not companies are being forced to be remote if employees are making that move from either burbs to the city? Right. Yeah. Great question. So Austin itself is made up of, of it's a downtown and, and we're really uh, growing as a city, but you know, it's not huge. Uh, we're, we're a first, we're becoming a first tier city, uh, but still the size of a small tier company, a uh, small tier city. We have suburbs around, um, and for the most part, people have lived just just outside of downtown within maybe you know 10, 15 minutes. 
um, all the way out to the suburbs, uh, cities like Cedar Park and Round Rock, down south and south Austin. Um, there's universities in the city as well as Texas State, just south at San Marcos, you know, 20, 25 minutes away. And for the most part, this was not a big commuting town. I mean, 30 minutes was a long commute. And and it worked really well that way. And there's a downtown sector. And I think that it was growing till just before COVID. It was popular and expensive. A lot of the millennials uh, and just folks who didn't, you know, they wanted to commute by foot or by bicycle. We're not a city that has a fantastic um, public transit system. So we use our cars a lot. But uh, since COVID, everyone's kind of fled the city. The university, which is a huge part of the city, the Longhorns, uh, students were also remote. And so the city was empty, <laughs> more or less. People may disagree with me, but it really, people did not, you know, go downtown as much. And so that's starting to change a little bit, but it's become very popular to live in the suburbs, uh, great schools, uh, and then uh, the Austin ISD, AISD also. It's not really suburbs. It's kind of urban living, but not in buildings and houses. It's part of what makes Austin so charming. People have been really good about locking down, but it hasn't been really a back and forth as far as, I mean, I think most people work out of their homes. And um, I think the big influx for our city isn't people who are in Austin. It's all the people that are coming to Austin. And, you know, big companies like Oracle and Tesla, um, there's many, many other companies besides them that are just, you know, pouring in and their employees are starting to come in. And I think that is what's really affecting the real estate market the most, as well as now we're seeing clients who, instead of just those suburbs, are starting to look in other cities that are 45 minutes away to an hour to even farther because they're thinking, well, maybe I only have to commute once or twice a week, or maybe I don't have to commute but I want to be down here where all the action is and the cities are. And that is causing a real housing shortage because prices are going up so quickly that some folks just are concerned, well, if I sell my house, I won't be able to buy a house. And I really want to stay in Austin because I like it. Mm, that's interesting. I know that was a huge problem for a lot of people in Oakland as you had an influx of people moving from San Francisco. And people in Oakland were thinking, oh, this was years ago. Oh, I'll sell my house. But then once they sold their house, they realized they couldn't buy the house next door <laughs> because it was already too expensive. So with that being said, as if HR leaders didn't already have enough to do dealing with social injustice and COVID and safe cleaning and offices and hybrid work and figuring out what to pay people when they're moving back and forth to all these different places, on top of all that, do you think that it is a, is the responsibility of HR and people teams to help educate their workforce on what's going on in the market? And if so, what does that even look like? How do they do that? Why is it important? Yeah, well, I'm a giant proponent of education, and that can come at a lot of different levels. Um, so what I've been trying to do is to educate uh, HR leaders, not so much educate, but have that discussion, right? So HR has had so many new tasks put on their plate, and quite frankly, they're exhausted. <laughs> and I think that uh, partnering with real estate professionals can be super helpful because 
we need to help in what this looks like. So we're helping people come in, our own clients as a, as a realtor, but then also helping our employees. And our employees who are coming in to the Austin area or any other city where they're coming to their city, we need to, one, educate the HR folks so that they can educate their executive teams on timing, on availability of housing, on cost of living, so they can adjust their compensation, so they can adjust their benefits. What kind of benefits can a company put into place that can support their employees? For instance, I put together, uh, uh, it's a Zoom call that I I work with HR folks and I have a live call with a mortgage lender and we meet with maybe 15 to 20 employees at a time and we have a live Q&A session about what the market's like, what to expect, how to use a lender, how to get um, in place and, and qualified. And I think this really has helped HR teams because HR would love to answer those questions, but let's face it, they've got a million other things and they're not professional real estate folks. So feedback has been awesome because employees don't feel like they're being sold something. They get an opportunity to ask questions in an environment that's, you know, not judging them or forcing them to do anything. And then in turn, in my opinion, they actually can get off that call, feel empowered, and then get back to work doing what they love because they don't have that extra anxiety. I mean, anxiety and mental health have just flown through HR and business in this last year. Not that it wasn't there before, but anything that an HR department can do to help relieve stress and anxiety is an amazing benefit add. That's awesome. And it sounds very helpful and valuable since a lot of people have no idea what's going on with the market. And there's so much financial information out there, whether it's stocks or home market or investments in general. There's so many things that's happening so fast, it's really hard to keep up. So, Jennifer, I want to ask you one last question. You know, if there was anything that you would want an HR listener to remember from this interview, if there was just one thing, because clearly we know that there's so many things going on through their mind right now, it's hard to retain more information around something new. But if there was just one key takeaway you would want them to remember from this interview, what would it be? Well, as a former HR leader myself, I absolutely would remind HR people that, A, you're killing it and you're doing a great job. But also to remember, just like we tell our employees that have reported to us, reach out for help. Come up with ideas, but don't feel like you have to take them on all by yourself. It takes a village, and HR has really just stepped up to the plate this year, but in a way that's overwhelming. And I, and I want to also remember that our jobs are evolving, and some of these new areas are, are critical for our employees. And um, we just have to go with the flow. And like I said, reach out for help. I, I know this year is going to be exciting um, and new as it always is every year with HR. And I'm just excited, hopefully, to transition um, and give back to HR folks and, and their employees so we can get through this next challenge of where folks are working and how businesses are operating. Jennifer, thank you so much for sharing your unique experience as a former HR leader, but then also now a realtor to be able to provide a lot of insight on this topic. So thank you so much for being a great guest on our podcast. Jennifer, thank you. Thank you, Bruce. I appreciate it. I appreciate it a great deal. So Jennifer, where can we find you online these days? 
I think the best way is either to send me an email at jjudge at kw.com or you can find me on Facebook or Instagram, Jennifer Judge, L-O-R-E, Life of Real Estate. So Jennifer Judge, L-O-R-E. Nice. And we'll be sure to include all that information in the show notes. So for everyone out there listening, if you enjoyed this episode as much as Jennifer and I did making it, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes because it shows that we're providing great content. Also, if this is your very first time listening to any of our interviews and now you're hungry for more episodes, then please subscribe to the Employee Cycle Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other podcast platforms. And last but not least, all you super awesome HR leaders, please continue to hire, train, and retain the best workforce possible. Thanks. Later, kids.